Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me, like always, Stephen Schleicher. Hey, Zach. Stephen, what's going on, man? You don't want to know, but... Let's just say my life is not as bad as the criminals, emperors, eunuchs, lovers that find themselves at the Dragon Gate Inn. Yeah. So I, I, I pop in this film and I'm watching it for a few minutes and then I, I forgot. Why did why did you want to watch this? I don't remember. Not we because of the do... movie, but I just I literally couldn't remember why it came up. Well, we were going to do a section on some wushu. Uh, oh, films. right, right. And um, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate came up, and so I said, hey, why don't we just watch that? I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, this movie is, in one word, bonkers. Yeah, it is. It's not, <laughs> so it's not as bad as, like, it's not as bad as The Good, The Bad, and The... The Weird? The Weird that we saw, the Korean film. This is a Chinese film that is actually kind of the third remake of this Dragon Gate uh, franchise. The first Dragon Gate Inn came out in 1966. Mm -hmm. And it's a story, if I remember correctly, it's a story about an inn where uh, it's kind of like, um, what's that uh, theatrical play about the woman who cuts people's, uh, or the butcher, or what's he, the barber Oh, of, Sweeney Todd? Yeah, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, it's kind of like that, sweet, where yeah. people come in and the innkeeper is like killing people and dropping their bodies down and it's <laughs> made into meat pies and things. Okay. Oh, great, so that's the great, 1966 great. version. Sure. And then there's all these kids involved in the remake new dragon gate in in 1992. Mm -hmm. That one also kind of basically follows the same structure, but it puts the kids in greater danger than, Oh, it's a, it's like kids. Yeah. Kids, like these kids okay. are, they have to get these kids across the border. Gotcha. In this version, flying swords of dragon gate, even though it's, it's taking, it, the idea from the previous two, mm -hmm. the director said, well, this is more of a reimagining of what people expected. So a lot of those things that were like in the originals yeah. don't show up here, except for there is this reference when they get to the to the uh, inn that new people always get served human flesh. Right. right? So that could yeah. be like this homage to the mm -hmm. other ones. I knew nothing about these previous Dragon Gate movies um, until I started doing research on on mm -hmm. uh, Flying Sword of Dragon Gate, which we're looking at this week. Because I was so enthralled by this movie for years that I was like, is this a remake? Is this a sequel? What mm -hmm. is what is this? And it's kind of a little bit of, of everything and nothing. So it is bonkers. Yeah, yeah. And what I found interesting about all of the remakes for this film mm -hmm. is that the director who does Flying Swords did the second remake of the story back in the 90s. So it's like his second stab 
at this material, but he's like, I'm not doing it like that. We're going to add some stuff, yeah. and then it's going to get Well, it's interesting strange. because in the new Dragon Gate Inn, that 1992 film, uh-huh. it actually does end with the uh, innkeeper, the woman, burning the inn and fleeing. Oh, interesting. And that's... And that's kind yeah. of what they talk about here, although it's not the same actors. Right, none right, of that's right, right. the same. So it's, it's really, it's really kind of crazy. Yeah, this is a, a movie that takes you in some different directions, and but they never lose the through idea of uh, insane action set pieces mm-hmm. that generally involve like wood flying at your face. Yeah, and swords. What, yeah, and swords breaking apart and like kicking rocks at people. Yeah, it is a movie that when I found out was uh, they brought in the three D director from mm-hmm. uh, Avatar mm-hmm. to do this film. It mm-hmm. made so much more sense. Oh yeah, because. There's just constantly things like flying the, at the screen. The, the one of the last action pieces in this or the big action piece in this, if you can imagine <laughs> this in 3D, is um, there is a giant storm that produces all these tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a fight that takes place inside the tornado where yeah. uh, Jet Li and um, and whoever the bad guy is uh, just go at each other mm-hmm. with their with their swords and chains. And it's Imagining that in 3D would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would have been pretty amazing to watch this. And it also would have given me a nice sense to overlook a lot of like bad special effects. Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> also, you have to keep in mind... It's 2012. That this is 2011 is when 2011, this was done. Yeah. So it's, you know, six years ago from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the, uh, Chinese film is fine. I mean, they do some really amazing things. But I think at times they will go to extreme measures to cut corners in some places. Oh, so there's yeah. some there's some odd green screening here and there that's not rotoed yeah. great, M- but mainly, it's still there. It's mainly just like compositing where the colors aren't close and like the contrast mm-hmm. and everything is off. And like, mm-hmm. But otherwise, that storm at the end visually looked awesome. Oh, yeah. It was people, crazy cool. If people like Mad Max Fury Road and think that, oh, the, yeah. that the storm chase scene is crazy intense there, they really need to see this film <laughs> because nothing beats that. So uh, the plot of this film is pretty simple. Uh, the eunuchs are basically in control of China. The emperor mm-hmm. thinks he's in control, but you've got this eastern faction and this western faction of eunuchs that are controlling everything. And they're at war with one another and trying to constantly kill one another. Well... Turns out that one of the kings, the emperor's concubines, yeah. is pregnant, and that could cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So the head eunuch, I guess, of the Eastern Division, of East Bureau, yeah. is sent to go track her down. And through <laughs> tracking her down, we run into our hero, Zhao Huan, I think is how his name is pr- pronounced, uh, the Jet Li character, who is, his mission in life is to kill as many bureaucrats as he possibly can. Right. And we find his uh, lover... Uh, who is impersonating him, mm-hmm. who actually rescues this girl that they're tracking, and they flee to Dragon Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to make it across the border so that the baby can baby can live. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the gate, uh, when they get to the uh, Dragon Gate Inn, uh, it's got these mercenaries that are there, these, um, and I, I don't want to say mercenaries, maybe like um, outlaws. They're, they're not part of- What are they called? Tartons? They're, they're tartans, yeah. Tartans, okay. And they don't speak the language, so they were like, really, we would maybe think of them as Huns or something yeah, like that, something right? Like that. These fierce warriors, uh-huh. tattoos, tribal things all over them. And uh, then also the military is there. The Unix forces are there. And then there's a big storm coming. Mm-hmm. This is a big storm that only comes, you know, once every 60 years, like once in a lifetime storm. And so everyone is trapped inside this uh, this inn, 
And as the storm gets worse, we find out that a traveler comes up, uh, Windblade, who looks just like the head eunuch. But the head eunuch's like 50 miles away at this mm-hmm. fort. And so then there's some back and forth, some trickery, some uh, mistaken identities. Everyone's killing everyone. And then we find out that the 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 Tartans, the Windblade and his girlfriend or ex-wife or whoever she is, <laughs> and some other people that are there at the inn are there because they're looking for this buried treasure right. that will be revealed when the storm hits. Yeah. Then the storm hits. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy bonkers to the point where the storm reveals this buried imperial city yeah, like full city. of treasure and gold. And a big fight takes place. And then it's, I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin it for everybody, but it's it, crazy. It bonkers. is. It is. It, it is structurally. Like, it is. It's like uh, save the girl. A lot of espionage. Right. And then no talking whatsoever. Just fighty fighty. Yeah. And uh it works, and at it's the really end. cool wushu like fighting. This is classified in those wushu films where it's a lot of oh, wire yeah. work, people flying around, you know, people grabbing swords and breaking them, yeah, and like endless dagger daggers in their in the sleeves, and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. flicking out constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I really appreciate wire work in the way they they always use it in films where it's like they're just floating. Mm-hmm. Everything just seems yeah, yeah. so effortless when they're like flying through the air and doing backflips, and just even the simple things where. At the end, as they're going through this imperial city, they just climb this giant uh, sand pile, mm-hmm. and she's clearly on wire. She's like, hop, 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 and yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. they just look so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that stuff. And you know, this is these these films or this style of film has been around for forever. And really, what got this started off is we were talking about uh, doing um, some Shaw Brother films, and I still haven't found oh, one right. that, I, that I really can track down that we should watch. Uh, but that's one that kind of led to this. And I just love that crazy wire work, mm-hmm. sometimes extreme violence, you know, where someone's getting stabbed multiple times. You know, that was uh, that was an interesting thing when I watched it because it is violent. Yes. And one of the Tartans has like this circle blade thing. Mm-hmm. And she I never understood that. I don't even understand one. either. I've seen other people carry them around. It's basically a circle blade. How do you it's do gotta it? be the most awkward weapon to have. How do you hold it? Also, very she, like, like wraps it around people's heads and mm-hmm. just essentially what you think saws them off. Mm-hmm. So it's very violent and people are getting stabbed constantly. The amount of blood you see in this film is in no way indicative of how violent and where they are stabbed, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if it's a culture thing or just no reason to show that much blood, but it was very odd seeing people get stabbed like crazy. Oh yeah. And then especially not when seeing much blood. Revealed. Yeah. Yeah. That is the other thing is this feels like, so I have this theory. I don't know. I mean, maybe one of our listeners can can fill me in. I have this theory that uh, Chinese films that take place during certain dynasty periods mm-hmm. are, I have a feeling, funded by the Chinese government. And so they have a very, you know, pro uh, or con yeah. stance. We've kind of talked oh, yeah, about this talked before. About once a while. But I really think that this film in particular, because we don't see a lot of blood, was basically aiming at a all audiences, like a PG, mm-hmm. PG-13 audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of an R, because this could easily have been an R if they wanted to show like without much change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really think that it was going for that PG, that PG audience. Uh, so when I when I said this movie is bonkers, mm-hmm. it is is certainly from the fighting, which is crazy in that like wushu kung fu movies are just crazy in general, and then they throw in a bunch of, I would say. Like superhero esque mythical mm-hmm. type things where you like touch one chair and then it it yeah, dominoes yeah. and it splinters like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but the the plot line 
for me, and again, this is, you know, an English speaking dude who hasn't watched a whole lot of Chinese films is hard to follow because you can't look away in the first two acts because it's constant dialogue. Mm-hmm. And if like you turn away for a second, you probably missed a line yeah. that explained a person and their relationship to I, everyone. You know, this film doesn't have a huge rating on, I think it's like a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of confusing storyline that goes on. Like, yeah. you could have just removed that whole first bit uh, at the shipyards where the big fight was going on that had the Jet Li character and his <laughs> friends show up yeah. and just jumped right to the head eunuch uh, you know, uh, showing up to the rest of the council and saying, hey, I'm better than you. I'm going to take care of these problems. And then going to the uh, uh, to his mistress, the the empress sure, yeah. and saying, oh, there's a problem. Go take care of it. You could have just picked up the movie from there, because every time I watch this film, I start watching. I'm like, wait, am I watching the right movie? Because <laughs> this, this whole first act doesn't seem doesn't make any sense to the rest of the film that takes place out in the desert, you know, with the, this big right. storm. It, it, it starts off complicated because you have this history and you have this East and the West and then you throw in this mm-hmm. and the, and this pregnant lady and mm-hmm. then that's all big. And then it pretty much just goes away. Right. In the third act, like halfway through the second and then the third act when the storm shows up and then it's about treasure mm-hmm. and Jet Li killing this one guy for like his own reasons and then... Nothing else really matters. And then everyone's like turning sides constantly. So that doesn't right. help me track anything. Right. Uh, but then they throw in a nice big uh, a fight set piece. And you go, okay, well, that was that was crazy. Yeah. Like they were fighting inside a tornado. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it, 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 is, it is crazy that like new weapons and dangers will show up. Like there's mm-hmm. this really intense gold tripwire at the end. Yes. Which, again, a thing that could have jump this movie into R in about half a second oh, yeah. by watching every person get dismembered. Getting, getting dismembered, yeah. Uh, and, but you, then you're like, oh, this is insane. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to stop worrying about if this lady is actually pregnant or if this lady is someone else's lover. I, I don't get it. But he's, she's about ready to throw some daggers and it's going to be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's great. The the story, though, I mean, it's it's convoluted story, but, you know... I think when you watch it and you're just seeing all these action action pieces and you mm. see that they are putting money into it. I mean, this had a thirty five million dollar budget. Um, it made over a hundred million dollars. That's U.S. budget based. Good job. Uh, so it goes probably much further mm. um, overseas. There's some there is some interesting character development, but I don't think the story is flushed out. And I'm and again, I as I sit and watch this again and again and again, because <laughs> I can't stop watching. It. Um, I can't help but think that there is an hour's worth of footage that we didn't see that helps tie oh, this really? story in together a little better. Like in what parts do you think there's just stuff Well, missing? I think they're the beginning that transition from the shipyard to the concubine and the and the uh, empress to the uh, the boat scene and then mm-hmm. suddenly in there they're in the desert. It's like uh, there's something that's missing there and then uh once they're down in the caves beneath the inn there are some scenes that don't quite make a lot of sense when the Jet Li character is trying to push away his lover so he doesn't have to worry about her. And suddenly yeah. there's this other plot that's going on about is he, you know, having a romance with this girl mm-hmm. that's supposed to be protected or whatever. It's like there's like 10 minutes of dialogue that's missing mm-hmm. just here and there in little places. Because suddenly when this turns into a treasure hunt, you're like, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did that, this treasure come from? And that that has some, never been mentioned at no, all. That is something this film does without hesitation is 
very hard transitions mm-hmm. uh, between scenes, including the same characters, in, like in scene A and scene B, all the same characters in there, but you chopped out about 30 minutes of mm-hmm. them doing stuff, mm-hmm. and we're just in a new location. Uh, they do that at the end when the storm is like seemingly about ready to capture them. There's like, this could have been a cool chase, but we like ran out of money and special effects. So yeah. now we're just going to be sitting in the desert. Yeah. And then she, one character is going to be gone. And uh, that, that happens a couple of times, like you mentioned, between the shipyard and the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, also, is Jet Li's lover, his first one with the flute, mm-hmm. is she a hawk? Did I see someone <laughs> transform into a hawk at one point? I think that's supposed to be uh, <laughs> like a like metaphor. A me- metaphor. <laughs> yeah, because at one point she is up on some chains. Yeah, she jumps down to attack people. Yeah, turns into a hawk, and then is no longer a hawk, and then is like slicing people. I, I think that's a metaphor. <laughs> well, it was uh, lost on me, but I thought we were watching like animorphs for a second or something. Yeah, there's a there's a comment from uh, the uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram that says. Uh, for followers of Wushu films, uh, this epic flying sword of Dragon Gate is a godsend, but the convoluted storyline blunts the appeal <laughs> to anyone who's not a fan. So I think you do have to be a fan. And I don't remember, this was at a time, this was a couple of years ago, like two or three years ago, uh, where I got into watching all of the Chinese action films, mm-hmm. the martial arts films that were on iTunes that I could get my hands on. And so this one popped up. And I just find it really kind of crazy. And I kind of wish after we watched this, I was really thinking like Monday night, I was like, oh, the way we should have watched this is we should have watched a Shaw Brothers film, mm-hmm. then watch this one and then watch the film that, that I think we're going to watch next week because you get to see, you know, what was in the 60s, how they were interpreting what this genre could be or really recreating or defining what the genre is. Mm-hmm. Then we get to flying swords, which is just like, okay, this is fully entrenched. Everyone knows what this is. Let's just, you know, go wackety woo on mm-hmm. this. Then, uh, for next week, I thought we would, uh, take a look at, uh, the man with the iron fists, which I don't think we've watched on this before. No, I think we both just watched it individually. And yeah. And it. I think a man with the iron fist is okay. What happens when an American mm-hmm. uh, audience gets a hold of this and then makes their interpretation of these types of films mm-hmm. and then what happens it's kind of like the same thing what happens with quentin tarantino where he took the uh, sure. martial arts films and the spaghetti westerns of his youth and he comes up and here's pulp fiction here's mm-hmm. uh, um you like know kill bill. kill bill and all these other ones yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. this is i know that it has an audience rating like in the toilet <laughs> uh, rotten tomatoes is pretty mixed i mean it's better than average it's not fresh it's that's fresh for sure. well it's, it's oh, fresh it is fresh that yeah, is yeah right. yeah uh, it's got a 68% rating, but it's just, it's just crazy, wacky fun. You know, and I did see mentioning like the eras of this genre. I think it was the Hollywood reporter did probably the longest review of this film I could find. Mm-hmm. Like I, I saw the guardian. I'm like, Oh, uh, you know, like an English paper. Surely they care more about, uh, non-American films than we do. And it's like a two paragraph review of the film. Oh, that's too bad. And then Hollywood reporter does this huge, long, uh, review and recap of the film and they're like they the way the re- reviewer looked at it when they was like well the first part of the film is like an homage to like the 60s and 50s uh, uh kung fu movies then we move into a more modern area and then they take it to the future and they fight in the twisters and so the way they looked at it is like the acts are different looks at the styles which mm. to an untrained mm-hmm. eye to me uh seemed very similar throughout, but I'm sure right, there right. were subtleties yeah. uh, thrown in. No, I can see that at the beginning with a lot more of that swordplay because um, what what's his name? Gordon Liu or Gordon Lee, I forget how you say his name, 
um, who's been in the martial arts film since forever. He's the he's the one that is um, killed at the beginning, mm-hmm. the the white haired one. Yeah, and that that is that's a pretty cool you know <laughs> throwback to classic kung fu. I can okay. see I can see all of that. That's interesting. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I know we always bring up if Aubrey watched this film with me. Yes. And so I, I just want to jump to that really quick because okay. it involves the beginning of the film. Okay. Uh, we watched this last night after mm-hmm. it was like my birthday and it was pretty yeah, late. And so I started watching it. Thank you. And so she was like, well, you have to watch a movie. I'm like, yeah, I got to I gotta watch this, uh, in this martial arts film. And she goes, oh, okay. And she's just sitting on her phone and it starts playing and like the opening dialogue setting the stage mm-hmm. for... Uh, flying swords of dragon and starts going and it's obviously I believe in Mandarin mm-hmm. and she goes oh I'm so glad I'm going to bed like, <laughs> I, like the first four words and then she sat there for a little bit when got into the opening scene mm-hmm. and Jet Li's character busts through some wood and even to her trained eye, she goes, "Whoa, this looks like garbage." <laughs> just like not the film, just the special effects. Because yeah, yeah. the the beginning scene is a lot of wood being thrown around mm-hmm. and like slapped and coming at people's faces. Mm-hmm. And it, again, not doesn't look great. It's very interesting to watch. Not the best special effects in the world. And she was just so hard out <laughs> within like five minutes of the film that it was crazy. I think there's. I don't know. I know that the special effects are not great. Uh, when the birds are flying through, it's like really bad, the birds type compositing from, you know, yeah. the birds movie. Uh, but there's something about it that still makes it fun, makes it feel kind of cheesy. I mean, cheesy in a good way, right? There's movies yeah. that, I mean, when Zach on Film started, it was, hey, we're needing to take a look at like really important classic films that you've not seen. Right. But I think that there's also times where we can look at some cheesy films uh, or films that are not in the wheelhouse and find appreciations in them. And mm-hmm. I think that that certainly happens with uh, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate, is that there's stuff that you can find that you appreciate in it. Absolutely. And like all films, there's things you can learn from them, whether they're a great film or they suffer in some execution. Mm-hmm. And you know, from a, a plot uh, structure standpoint... There's definitely a lot to learn of like, well, where was I confused and why was I confused and how could you fix those problems? Uh, And then there's a a lot you can learn of. How do you do a martial arts film that is employing a lot of talented actors, but you're also doing it in a hyper realistic Mm -hmm. setting that is impossible Mm -hmm. to shoot in. So you're going to have to put them on green screen. There's going to be you know, th- uh, digital 3D objects thrown in that they're not going to be able to react to. Right. So how how do you manage all of that? Mm-hmm. And so seeing that, like, there is a, a scene where Jet Li and oh the West, uh, the West big West, big right. bad West man, right, are like on a fight on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't really make sense when you think about what a horse is and how you can fight uh-huh. on it, but you kind of overlook it pretty fast because. Yeah, you're just engulfed in the It's fantasy, amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's hard sometimes to remember. And it, maybe it's, again, it's a culture thing and not seeing very many. We're like, mm-hmm. this is fantasy in a way I'm not used to mm-hmm. in that it's set in a historical time period as far as I know, because I have, I have, right, I have, right. no, I have no idea Dynasty, of their Ming history. Dynasty is a real thing. Yeah, like a real it's a thing. thing. Like it sounds real, yeah. and it is, and so I know that much at least. I'm like, oh, this is based on historical facts. Mm-hmm. And then things get kooky, and you go, this is obviously not completely based on historical fact. Yeah. And 
there is some elements in leeway you have to give to it. Um, but there's definitely like a culture shift of not understanding everything that you kind of just have to humble yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and then just go along for the ride and be like, oh, they're clearly not like reenacting a, a great war in their history, but they're telling a story on some level that's important to them in a way people yeah, so like it's it. Like, you know? It's historical. Uh, it's a historical. So that, that works out really well. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of having fun with this from the historical uh, concept. It kind of feels, I don't know, this movie feels like a little bit of Indiana Jones, uh, you know, with the yeah. adventure stuff mixed with martial arts. I was thinking like the mummy. Yeah, yeah, the mummy. Like I was that expecting would, yeah. a shot at the end of them riding away in the horses and like you see a a, a, a glint of gold <laughs> shining like in the yeah. mummy. Like, oh, the guy got away with like two, like two saddlebags of gold. Right, right. And that's what I was kind of expecting to happen. Like, oh, we barely got away, but we still got some gold. Yeah. And now we're going to wait 60 more years so we can try to do it again. And that's kind of what happens at the end. I mean, the storm comes around once every 60 years. It uncovers the city. And then within hours, it covers the city back up. Yeah. And so um, there is that there is that uh, that time crunch. And then at the end, they decide a couple of them decide to stick around and see if they can last another 60 years uh, for the for the storm to come. Yeah, again. I I like that. They were just like, well, we're just going to stay here. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have to. You know, it's going to be 60 yeah. years. You can go off and like have 50 years of adventures, maybe even if like maybe my time's off. Maybe mm-hmm. it's actually 56 years. So we need to give ourselves some leeway. You can go 50 years of adventures. Maybe come back the dragons in after that and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else do we need to talk about on this? Um, you know, I didn't think the cinematography was exceptional. And I think that's because, uh, well, yeah, 3D, one hurts it. And they're throwing in so many special effects that when you think a lot about these kind of films, you think a lot of wide set pieces watching, uh, you know, these incredible performers do what they're the best in the world at. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that in this film because of the way they're trying to hyper realize everything where it would be too hard to do all the special effects in wide shots so you have to do a lot of close-ups and so i thought you know a lot of the talent of jet lee uh of being able to do what he do was lost in not being able to see full body movements all the time mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but i mean that's it, you got to kind of work with the direction you're going with that but that was kind of uh, sad at times and but then the moments you do get like a really nice wide set it, it, it was really good yeah 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 so are is this like the worst thing you've ever seen oh no i was thinking like why am i enjoying this more than like transformers or something because essentially it's kind of the same thing <laughs> yeah where it's like a, a really absurd yeah. plot right that's all visual but i'm like so done with transformers or any really major effects heavy blockbuster film that's coming out Mm -hmm. that i was like what is it about this i think it's just it's just different you know it's not seeing the same like four actors uh doing uh mr white heroic dude stuff right that i didn't have to sit through that so it made it more enjoyable i am interested in uh the director of this film whose name is hart sui okay he did a film called Detective D, The right. Mystery of the Phantom Flame, yes. which I have seen have you its seen cover that? artwork on Netflix okay. all the time. Next, next that week. seems interesting. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. Next week, we're going to watch Detective D, because if okay. you haven't seen the Detective D stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's really, really good. And there are the two 
there are two Detective D movies, and I was just on the wiki page or the IMDb D page for Detective D Mystery of the Phantom Flame. Mm-hmm. So that's what we should watch next week. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of it is a mystery. It is a historical. This detective guy apparently exists or was they had a lot of stories written about him back in ancient times. Mm-hmm. And so this is hey, let's bring this character that everyone knows to life in this in this story. So he's like a Chinese Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, and there are parts of the story where you're going to be scratching your head, so you're going to have to follow it really closely <laughs> okay. to make sure you catch all the points in the mystery. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is fascinating. You will see a lot of similarities between the two because it's by the same same director. Yeah, it's and they mentioned in the Hollywood Reporter of like f- uh, flying swords mm-hmm. is more straightforward in a confusing way, and the plot doesn't really matter. Where when you look at Detective D, it was like more plot focused and still like really good. It's what they made it seem like. I'm like, hey, I know that name of that movie. We should watch it. So I guess we'll continue on with Detective D. How many of of these movies are there of Mr. Detective uh, D? Detective Do you know? D, there are two. Oh, okay. Uh, both of them are available on iTunes. and I'm sure you can get them in, in uh, different places. But yeah, Detective D, uh, there are a couple of a couple of them that have been released in the United States. I believe that there's four of them okay. planned. Like the second one is actually really good, too. It's not so much a mystery as war is about to break out and Detective D has to solve who's mm. doing what in order to prevent the war. This one that we'll watch next week is more straight up mystery. So the the second one is Young Detective D, Rise of the Sea Dragon, which Ooh. is like his first adventure kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I forget what the other two are supposed to be. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good times. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to dive into the and world then, of Detective D. And then after Detective D, we will watch Shaw Brothers film, The Five Deadly Venoms. Yeah. And then I think we'll watch Five Deadly Venoms. I got to see if it's on one of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll watch one of those. We'll let people know on that so they can watch ahead. Okay. And then we will watch uh, Man with the Iron Fist okay. to wrap that up. All right. Does that sound good? Sounds like a pretty good right. month. So that's going to be it for this episode of Zach on Film, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, head over to Majorspellers.com and find this podcast posting page where you can give your comments on Flying Swords of Dragon Inn <laughs> or anything we've discussed in this episode. While you're there, check out any of the great podcasts coming out from Major Spoilers every week, the Major Spoilers podcast, Top 5, Critical Hit. There's so many for you to choose from and for you to listen all week long while you wait for the next episode of Zach on Film. While you're there, click on that Amazon.com link. You can do all of your Amazon shopping, probably buying some like uh, great stuff for the beach or for the pool to yeah. enjoy your summer. Uh, it's not going to cost you any extra when you use that link, but a little bit of money will come back to Major Spoilers to help keep podcasts like this going. That's right, and we are an independent podcaster, so please don't forget that uh, that we are um, we are competing with people that are doing this uh, NPR. We're doing we're competing with National Public Radio. We are yeah. competing with movie studios and television networks and big corporations that are putting out podcasts week after week. And I'd hope that uh, if you enjoy this uh, show or any of the shows that we do at Major Spoilers, you'd like to see those continue by heading to podcasts or excuse me Patreon.com slash major spoilers and signing up for a monthly uh, contribution uh, every little bit helps and we would like to hit our big goal uh, probably by the end of the year I think we can do it we've got some amazing listeners out there and I think we can hit all of our goals with your help that's patreon.com slash major spoilers so that's it for this week's episode of Zach on Film we'll see you next week this podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.